Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. everybody welcome to a good football show i am patrick doherty today i'll be joined by denny carter and mr hayden winks uh we will be talking prairie yards in honor of easter monday uh prairie yards being unrealized air yards from the 2020 season and what it could mean for some wide receivers is breakout odds in 2021 but first uh we're gonna talk about a topic that i feel has been a little under discussed since march 2020 Hasn't gotten a lot of airtime. Uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah. Uh, no one's talking about. It. No one's talking. No one is talking about this. Uh, I was just wondering, guy, what are you? What are you guys most looking forward to doing once you, your friends, family, and community are fully vaccinated? Denny, as always, we'll start with you in the hopes that you say something transgressive. <laughs> <laughs> something cancelable. Uh, yes. So I, I'm actually very much looking forward to arguing with uh, arguing about politics face to face once again. <laughs> You know, because online, it's almost too easy because, you, you know, you can you can be mean online. You can be somewhat anonymous. Uh, you know, you're, you're arguing with strangers. You don't you don't really have anything invested in the in a, in a relationship between you and the stranger who came into your mentions and called you an idiot. And then you get mad, uh, you know, but in face to face, it's much it's much more difficult to make a political point without deeply offending strongly held beliefs that the, that this person has. Right. So you're at a, a party or, or something a get together a large, small. You, 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 you might know the person a little. You might know the person for a long time, but you're you're kind of dancing around the fact that they have terrible politics. You <laughs> disagree with everything that they believe and stand for. But you know, you're trying to keep it civil as, as much as possible. And that that's an art that I, f- I fear that I've lost over the past year. So you're, what you're saying is you think you might not go anymore. I don't know about that, man. Here's, you know, uh, yeah. when someone says something truly crazy, like, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, right. Well, did you, did you read the study on this as if that matters, you know, as, <laughs> as if, as if anyone has ever cited a study or a report and that settled the debate, it doesn't settle the debate. There, there's no objective reality in politics. So anyway, I'm looking forward to getting into that at, at uh, parties. Again. So yeah, what a surprise. The end of the COVID-19 pandemic, Denny is looking forward to citing studies at children's <laughs> birthday parties. <laughs> That's, uh, that's Hayden, right. Hayden, tell us, Hayden, tell us you want to go golfing or something. Have you guys heard of spike ball? I'm not sure if this is a California thing or not. I have not. Is it like Frisbee golf? Uh, no, I also am looking forward to Frisbee golfing too, though. Uh, very <laughs> underrated sport. Uh, spike ball is like, there's like a little net. It's like a circle net that's like really stretched out. And like you hit this like little 
ball and then it goes off and you're just basically playing volleyball but like in a square uh, right right that's like the best game ever and, and that's like uh so that's what you were really jonesing for during this that period. and a little a little pickup basketball yeah mm-hmm. there you go yeah pickup basketball you have the droplets probably you know fly around so that was probably good yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my the gym i was playing at probably didn't make it through i mean this place was <laughs> at the most square feet of any place i've ever been into so i'm not sure about uh 15 months of, of no money coming in if they're gonna be able to to keep up with the gym but let's hope yeah, I just, hey, I just laughed at that. I'm sorry. It's actually extremely sad. But, I know. Uh, um, the, hey, the spike ball. Uh, how many people do you need to play it? Four. But if you're playing on the sand, you're going to need a lot more than that, or else the game's going to last about 20 minutes. You get and, and brutally tired. Right. The goal is you, you hit the ball off the trampoline thing, mm-hmm. and, and you have to catch it before it hits the ground? No, oh. you hit it back to your teammate's and you get three hits just like volleyball, and then you spike it off the net, and you can either like barely tap it and uh-huh. just let it dribble right off, or you can try to smack it as hard as you can and go launch it over their head. So it's like basically the same rules as volleyball, but instead of hitting over a net, you're hitting it off of a net that's like directly underneath you. And that sounds like uh, something that you could play on the beach and yes. lose about 12 pounds in body Absolutely. fat in one day. Absolutely. Like. And you can also catch the dirtiest sunburn like the one <laughs> I'm rocking right now. So wear, wear some sunscreen. So spike ball, it sounds like you lose all of your water weight basically yes. when you play spike. Yes. And when I hear sand, yeah, I'm thinking of like beautiful golden California sand. In Missouri, we have sand. This is like dredged Mississippi River sand. <laughs> and it's not nearly the same. It is not good spike ball sand. Sounds beautiful. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'll say very quick, I'm most looking forward to, this is so dumb, because I've been doing it every week online, but playing FIFA with my friends. My The one thing I have in life, I've talked about many times in the pod, is I get together with three friends in person and we play co-op FIFA every week. And thankfully that was transferable to the online realm during the pandemic, but sometimes you, you just need to get together at 8.45, have two to three beers once a week, uh, every week for the rest of your life sometimes. <laughs> and that's what I will be doing with my friends in FIFA when this COVID-19 pandemic but, is officially over. But no more than three and no fewer than two. No. Beer, weirdly, so a weird thing about <laughs> aging Hayden, you probably know the hangovers get worse with more beer. Yeah, dinner, yeah. If you have fewer than two, so if you only have one, then you just have a hangover for months. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You have to have at least two. Yeah. Um, horrible joke. No, yeah, no, to get no, you to get your money's worth because you feel equally as terrible. Um, yes, but, but it's just if I, you know, that two to three uh, window is uh, is crucial. You have to you have to abide by that. Yeah, yeah the age it, of, you go ahead. 
I was just saying, like, I, I'm not one beer at dinner type. I can't do that. Like, if I'm gonna drink, I want like two or three, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps more than that. I can't, I can't get with just the one beer. So after the age of 32, after 2.7 beers, every hangover is the exact same. There's no sliding scale. It's just the exact same. Yeah. yeah. With that, we'll get to the yards and prayers, the prayer yards. Uh, the first player who had uh, an unfortunate, like an extreme amount of unrealized air yards in 2020, Denny, yeah. DJ Shark, who is one of the league's best downfield receivers in 2019, converted a shockingly high percentage of his air yards went the wrong way in 2020. What are the hopes for 2021? Yeah. So Chark uh, had a 75% conversion rate in 2019. And that was mostly due to Gardner Minshew being pretty, pretty good at the deep ball uh, in his first year as starter for Jacksonville. Um, That did not, as you may remember, carry over into the 2020 season. Minshew saw a marked drop in his uh, downfield accuracy rate. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it wasn't possible to guess. <laughs> and, and in fact, uh, Chark's biggest play of the year came from, uh, Jake Luton, uh, Ugh, you know, future right. r- ring of famer in, in Jacksonville. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you know, looking at Chark's, uh, other numbers, his peripheral numbers, n- nothing really changed that much targets per game. Didn't really change yards per target. Didn't change all that much. Uh, so it, it seems like he just kind of got unlucky. Uh, with those deep shots, um, if he maintains that same role that he's had on the Jags for two seasons now, and I, I think there's good reason to think he will, um, you know, we could see him, you know, regress in a good way. Um, some are calling it positive regression. Uh, you know, it might it might not get to 75 percent like we saw in 2019, uh, but, you know, luckier, more fortunate than he was in 2020. Yeah, in my ex- expected PPR points per game, Chark was the wide receiver 31 this last year. And that seems about right where you, you would. I mean, he was like the wide receiver 40s all year last year. Throwing a little uh, Trevor Lawrence upgrade, he probably becomes like around that like wide receiver three range. That's basically where he's being drafted right now. And obviously, we all think that Chark's a pretty good player. So if Lawrence is even better than we think, or if Marvin Jones is or LaVisca Chanel aren't as good as we think, then all of a sudden Chark is like, very established as the wide receiver one there's a chance that he becomes like more like that wide receiver two three but um the wide receiver 31 expected ppr points per game from last year that seems about fair for chark this year um just gotta hope that trevor lawrence is as good as we think he is and i i've watched this trevor lawrence guy i think he's i think he's pretty good yeah that's what i was gonna ask you hayden so what what this really does boil down to is trevor lawrence because we're talking about not much change between 2019 and 2020 in theory but like yet yeah, the cries for help change. Remember DJ Shark like publicly basically begging for Gardner Minshew to be benched yep. and yeah. saying Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so when I watch Trevor Lawrence as a casual college football fan, I see him pretty good at the deep ball, pretty accurate at the deep ball, fairly aggressive at the deep ball. Like is that true, Hayden? Like is that born? Is he what kind of deep? We know that the baseline for Trevor Lawrence is that he's going to be a good deep passer, but like is he going to be like a special deep passer? What kind of deep passer is Trevor Lawrence? I wouldn't call him like a generational thrower of the football, but like he just such a high floor prospect. It's so hard to see this going sideways. The only, the only possible concern I would have in year one for Trevor Lawrence is Clemson didn't really have that many, like just five, seven step drops and just like traditional NFL throws. A lot of those RPA RPO based. I don't think that's going to end up mattering too much. And I, I really trust urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's offenses have been super fun. 
Um, so I, I think I think we know that the offense is going to be better than last year. I'm not expecting like Justin Herbert numbers. I don't think that um, we should expect any co- rookie quarterback, even on a Trevor Lawrence scale, to be doing uh, putting up those numbers. But this is like no question is going to be a much better offense this year. Yes, please, please, Trevor Lawrence, save DJ Shark. Still very young, yes. very swaggy player. Should be making more plays down the field. Next, uh, I, I don't know. I was going to say this trip player was far more triggering in 2020. I don't, DJ Shark was pretty triggering in 2020. Yeah. Uh, but was any wide receiver as triggering as Marquise Brown? Uh, he has no new competition, really, which is a surprise. Hey, they signed Sammy Watkins, Pat. That's, that's a low blow. About that. <laughs> that's that's a, a low blow. That, that, that wasn't even like an intentional joke. I did just forget. Uh, so there's a little new competition. Uh, but yeah, Denny, give us the Marquise Brown yeah. lay of the land. Pat, I'm actually glad to hear that because on last week's Monday podcast, I legit <laughs> forgot <laughs> That Sammy Watkins had signed with Baltimore, and I was talking. Uh, I was talking about Marquise Brown as if that never happened. <laughs> and then, then at some point, you said something about Watkins, and I was like, "Oh, right, right, right." <laughs> well, in, the, in the past week, uh, I memory hold that as well. Yeah. Influenced by you just to forget Sammy Watkins' his entire existence. Again, we we uh, our whole job is to pay attention to these <laughs> transactions. So, who wrote the Sammy Watkins blurb? I'm not sure if we even got this up on the uh, site. It's not um, on the site. Yeah. You know. it, it, if it's me, I'm hugely embarrassed right now. Um, First, to, uh, just to correct the record, I remembered he was on the Ravens, but in that exact when I wrote that sentence today, I had forgotten that. So, right. like, if you had asked me what team Sammy Watkins is on, I would have known it was the Ravens. Full uh-huh. disclosure. Anyways, Marquise Brown did. Yes, yeah, Marquise Brown. So uh, he converted uh, roughly 59 percent of his air yards last year. Um, easily led the team in air yards, but that was a a, a a big fall from his nearly 76% conversion rate in 2019. Now his rate of downfield targets actually increased uh, in 2020 compared to his, to his rookie season. Uh, so he just became amazingly inefficient at those on those downfield throws. Um, you know, he is a guy who saved his fantasy season sort of, he, he ended up in barely in wide receiver three territory, I believe in PPR with a uh, with a pretty strong finish to the season, um, but was largely useless in twelve team leagues um, uh, for I don't know two thirds of the season. So I guess that's the long way of saying uh, that we're going to see ha- we're going to have to see another a jump in that uh, air yard conversion rate for Marquise Brown for him to be more reliable. And I don't know if you can depend on that in this Ravens offense. I watched the Ravens after the season just because I couldn't get my mind around how bad this passing offense was. Because I think Lamar Jackson is like a serviceable, serviceable passer. He's not a crazy good passer, but he's a serviceable passer. And all of their staff, like you keep mentioning, just beyond brutal. And I didn't like how their passing offense was set up. So many times you'd have like receivers running like the same route right next to each other, like downfield. There was so little for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to. And plus, like all of their receivers were like, five foot nine and this includes Marquise Brown and like Lamar Jackson needed a bigger guy to throw the ball to so I wasn't too impressed with Marquise Brown's film um he doesn't seem like a first round guy I think that he's probably going to end up being like a second or third receiver on an NFL team long term which is kind of unfortunate because he's so so quick um and he saw all this big play potential but um we'll, we'll see what happens with the offense they got rid of their passing game coordinator do you guys know who, was, who the passing game coordinator of the Ravens was last year it's it was David Coley. So David Coley went from 
from the Ravens passing game coordinator to being a head coach of an NFL team. So uh, I'm not sure about these Texans. I'm not sure about the, the thought process over there in Houston, uh, in Houston, but yeah, Marquise Brown, I, I'm not going to be buying him as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four anymore. Um, he'll have wide receiver one weeks just because he's so explosive, but there's, there's a lot of things that have to click for Marquise Brown, in my opinion. Listen, with David Culley, you might have liked the results last year, but you know he's an up-and-coming young talent. He's in his early 30s, and so that's why uh, – sorry, I'm not trying to be hey, just We're getting worried. We're getting worried that he's in his 60s. That's, I, we're, right. that's Questionable hire. Questionable hire. And you guys kind of hit on – like, I don't know who was the most to blame for this. Was it Marquise Brown himself? Was it Lamar Jackson? Was it Greg Roman? And Hayden, I think, hit on an interesting point with the Ravens offense. Like, I feel like with the Ravens offense, like – the baseline for the offense is incredibly high. So like Greg Roman can, you know, came in and immediately overnight, like flipped the switch on this offense and Lamar Jackson made it, you know, one of the leagues, really one of the best offenses in the league in 20, late 2018, 2019. But then last year we saw it has the high baseline, but does it really have the high ceiling? Cause it's like a very predictable, very simple offense. You know, Lamar Jackson himself was complaining about other teams uh, calling out the plays mm. before they ran them last year. And, yeah, can this offense find again? It makes it very competent very quickly. But can this offense find another gear to like give it an actual ceiling? And I mean, really, with Marquise Brown, so Lamar missed some very makeable throws to Marquise Brown last year. That's undebatable. But also undebatably, Marquise Brown has had lots of horrid drops. He was in like the top ten in the league in drops. And this is one of those things. Where I think probably really just boils down to Marquise Brown needs to get better. He needs to be crisper. This needs to be like a more polished overall player. He, he hinted at that as a rookie. Marquise Brown, I thought in college, was like so fast in and out of his breaks. Like he's not just a fast player. It seemed like he was like playing fast. Mm-hmm. And that it was you know, not the case last year. And this seems like everything was difficult for him. And I think you know, you, there's a lot of blame to go around here. But boys, that Marquise Brown just needs to be a crisper better spoiler it's better to be good at football than not good at football yes it is and he's he's going to have to be used in uh slightly different ways if he's going to become a more consistent fantasy producer and unless we get word of that somehow in the summer training camp whatever um i just i just don't see how you can uh, how a fantasy manager could draft marquise brown as anything but they're i don't know wide receiver three at this point so you, you sound like you're Hayden. Sounds like he's out on Marquis. I'm out. Wide receiver three man. That's but that's I'm bad. also the biggest Sammy Watkins homer there is. Oh, yeah. Hayden, I know. I mean, hey, I'll, I'd rather have Sammy Watkins as my wide receiver seven than Marquis Brown as my wide receiver four. Oh, no. Well, yeah. I mean, again, in week one, Hayden will have won this argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. we'll see how it goes for weeks two through eighteen. Uh, get used to saying eighteen. Oh boy. Next, gonna let uh, Denny Carter talk about Jerry Judy for what feels like mm-hmm. the fourth time already. Yeah, uh, what's the, <laughs> Jerry Judy in the air yards, Denny. What's yeah, the what's going to know? Well, he had a lot of them, as as we as we have talked about. Uh, the sixth most among uh, receivers, all wide receivers, which just kind of blows my mind. Uh, you know, this of course, and I, I don't, I don't feel like I gave this proper weight. And I think Pat, you actually were trying to help me out, help me in this direction last time. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hadn't fully given weight to the fact that Cortland Sutton missed almost the entire season in 2020 um and he should be back and and that that obviously you know uh, generated lots of opportunity that jerry judy otherwise probably wouldn't have had i'll i'll just i'm just trying to be as general as possible here and and uh, or as generous as possible as i can be to judy um but you know as a as a rookie 
uh, you know, soaking up 32% of your team's air yards. It seems like a pretty good sign that the team knows or, or should know what they have in, in Judy. So, uh, you know, is his quarterback play going to get better? Probably not. And that, and that's like we talked about last week, super unfortunate. Um, and, and Sutton's return uh, throws, you know, uh, makes this a little more difficult of an argument to say that he can keep this up uh, into uh, twenty. 20 or sorry 2021 sorry i forgot i forgot the year uh but you know, a lot of things denny yeah his you're right. 2021 <laughs> sammy watkins on the ravens et yeah etc et trying to catch up and then, but his uh you know his conversion rate of 56 percent was still uh very low Aiden, uh, i mean there was good word right so i did this uh ppr points over expected model and there was 105 qualifiers Jerry Judy was 103rd in this like efficiency stat. It was just beyond brutal. He had 12 drops. I was the second most in the league. I think it's much better. Yeah. Uh, Only behind Deontay Johnson, my favorite player. Um, But yeah, I think Jerry Judy is a better player than this. The one issue I have is the Broncos defense is really legit this year. Like probably going to be like a top five defense. Um, Their offensive line's pretty decent they have a lot of competition so i'm just kind of worried that this is gonna be like a very like slow paced defensive oriented uh team and like all of a sudden Cortland sutton's back noah fan we were like always expecting just this next big jump which he was definitely capable of having and even like the other guys like kj hamler's a decent player too so um jerry judy will be better next year like jerry judy's definitely going to be i think a, a pretty good nfl receiver last year just everything kind of just worked against him um He's probably going to be like a, maybe like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five with some spike weeks. Um, but if we get good news on Corlin Sutton's ahead of schedule on his rehab and stuff, I'm going to be a little concerned with Jerry Judy. I, I do think a better year is coming for him, though. I would not be panicking that he's like all of a sudden a bad football player. Like he was, he's going to be a good, good pro. Yeah, it's like a little hard for me to know which way to take this because 32% of your team's air yards is a first round rookie. Yep. So a guy they invested a first round pick in and then. It gave all that opportunity as a rookie is a, a very good sign, obviously. But Cortland Sutton is a, a downfield dominator, too. His last healthy season in 2019, he had the sixth most yards in the NFL on targets of 20 plus yards. So he can really, and you know, he had seemed to have, did he have better chemistry with Drew Locke than Jerry Judy did? I don't know. They similar, I guess no one can really ever have that good of chemistry mm-hmm. with Drew Locke, but Cortland Sutton is a downfield dominator. But as a rookie, to see yeah that kind of invest like a on field investment in your first round rookie is also a great sign in Jerry Judy. So this is where I'm just like basically remaining agnostic and saying uh, I don't have a strong opinion and don't really know how to approach this one. I will say the the one thing with Jerry Judy that I'm going to be watching in training camp is if he's going to be the slot receiver, the outside receiver. Uh, both Hamler and Judy kind of went back and forth in that role, and obviously Corlin Sutton's going to take the X receiver spot next year. So I don't know if it's going to be better for Jerry Judy to be in the slot role or in the outside receiver role. Um, but like uh, Denny, when you were saying with his air yards, mm-hmm. he was like number one in the league for like be on like week yeah. eight and on. It was like crazy. And that's when he went to the outside receiver role. Like he was playing in the slot early in the season. So maybe we want him on the outside and just, he's the vertical element of this offense. Um, cause I'm not sure if drew lock is like the type of quarterback that's just going to be like peppering the slot, like no. he's, that doesn't seem like that's his MO. So maybe really we MO. want him on the outside and he's just going to be this boom bust player. And hopefully he turns out to be good. Hopefully drew lock could take a step forward or they find, I don't, I don't even know who they would be bringing in as a quarterback competition. Maybe like Sam Darnold. That's like kind of like maybe the best Avenue, but Sam Darnold was like the air yards leader. If you look at like 
Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims air yards are off the charts too. So who knows? I, when I think of Jerry Judy's rookie season, I think of of one play, and that was uh, when Judy was on the outside against the Falcons. I, I think it was a I think it was a blowout, and I think the the Broncos were just in in hurry up catch up mode. And Judy had put this incredible move on a defender one on one, left him in the dust, was wide open near the end zone, and Drew Locke overthrew him by like eight yards. Like it was just the most egregious overthrow. And as you know, I, I do remember rostering him in DFS that week. <laughs> oh my God, how am I going to live with this? <laughs> how did, that's why you moved. You had to move to a smaller house. Hey, didn't Jerry Judy make a lot of big plays out of the slot in college? Uh, maybe there's some areas yeah. there for him in the slot. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, it's kind of like the, the Justin Jefferson thing where like Justin Jefferson was like a slot receiver in college, but he was like winning downfield on some Ooh. of these, some of these throws too. So yeah, yeah I, I think Jerry Judy is just a good player and he'll figure this out. He just needs a little more help from his quarterback. He needs to drop or drop fewer passes, but we know that drops are like pretty, volatile in the first place we don't want to be like overthinking this thing jerry judy was insane at alabama he was drafted in the first round he had all this opportunity last year like eventually it's going to come through for him just like how much i'm i'm like a little less convinced probably gonna be like more like wide receiver four or five reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Before we get to our next player, I would like to remind our audience that an NBC Sports Edge premium subscription now includes all sports, so you can get access to the NBA, the NHL, and MLB premium products and NFL all under the same umbrella that includes any and all of our draft guides uh, for 10% off any subscription Enter the promo code good 10. That is good 10 for 10% off. Hayden, uh, you know, Denny's articles. I've been biased in favor of Denny and I've been throwing it to him first every time. Yeah, I'm just, I'm learning. I'm taking notes. <laughs> as I'm learning and growing as a podcast host, or at least three straight players. I let Denny have the first word. So yeah, I'm just going to give you the first word on a player you probably were dying to have the first word on. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a very, uh, you know, easy player to explain and talk about. And, you know, huge sample sizes with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, so talk to us about MVS's air yards. What, what is your early 2021 MVS forecast? Well, he was the wide receiver 86 in expected PPR points per game. So it was a very uphill battle. The craziest thing that I was noticing is he was actually like good last year kind of (laughs) and he i mean he was wide receiver 33 in ppr points over expected obviously when aaron Rodgers playing at an mvp level that is helping things out um 
I, I do wonder if the, the Packers are going to take a first round receiver this year or not. They have some other needs, like like specifically at linebacker and corner, where maybe they can say, hey, we kind of like Alan Lazard and MVS enough. We signed Aaron Jones to a contract. Robert Tanyan kind of had a breakout year last year as well. Maybe that's enough. So um, I think that his ADP is depressed right now just because there's the threat of a receiver coming in. I'm not sure if it's super likely the Packers go uh, – receiver in round one is like certainly possible, but they have some other needs that they might fill. And I think that MVS has shown enough and Aaron Rodgers had, his, has, has had his opportunities to throw MVS under the bus and he hasn't. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that means something. Danny, do you agree? I do. Uh, and, you know, looking into MVS's uh, 2020 season, I was first and foremost shocked to see that he did not have 16 drops on deep passes. <laughs> Cause I, I, I assumed uh, like many uh, red zone watchers that he, he dropped one every week, you know, I mean, every week it was like, Raj just throws him uh, wide open downfield and that's uh, a drop. What are you going to do? Uh, and then he would come back and catch another one later in the game. But anyway, uh, it was only, he only had three drops of on passes of more than, than 20 yards. Uh, I mentioned in the piece that um, it's not, still a lot. In my opinion. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I mentioned in the piece that uh, not much changed for him in the Packers offense, except for, and this is a, a somewhat big one, uh, his yards per target jumped from 8 to 11, um, it, you know, from 2018, 2019, and then uh, jumping to 2020. So he posted 151 more air yards in 2020 than he did in, in, in 2019. Not, not, that huge, uh, not that huge of a jump. But his uh, conversion rate was pretty high for a guy who dropped those those three balls. He would probably have been well. He definitely would have been well over seventy percent. Um, you know, if he was a little more shorthanded. It is weird. I agree with Hayden that like they could draft a receiver because it is a position of need. But as we know with the Packers, uh, they don't really address needs necessarily in the draft. Uh, so I have no idea what direction they're going to go in the draft and. I mean, another offseason of another, at least, again, the draft is the big test, but back-to-back free agencies where we've gotten like a major vote of confidence in MVS from the Packers who were strongly connected to Will Fuller at the trade deadline. Like maybe the like the, the trade that was the closest to happening that didn't actually happen was Will Fuller to the Packers. And then they had a chance, you know, Will Fuller at zero market, as we know, essentially in free agency where they could have, gone back to that well and they've instead stuck with MVS again maybe they're going to find a new deep ball role player in the draft but it certainly seems like despite those joker fying deep drops <laughs> where you you can basically you would see Aaron Rodgers basically become the joker for a minute or two <laughs> and then he would somehow be he, from central California become zen become <laughs> calm and he moved on and he's, yeah it seems like he's got mad MVS love Aaron Rodgers and I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in this exact same role in 2021 uh, all right, Denny, or not Denny, sorry. Going to go back to Hayden first. Right. Uh, on another, so when we were drawing this podcast up, Denny, or Hayden, was probably like, well, the two players I want Pat to throw up to me first on are Mark Rosvaldo Scantling and Darnell Mooney. Uh, Denny, or, yeah. uh, Hayden, 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 Hayden. Uh, what is the word on Darnell Mooney and the air yards? for twenty? What, what happened in 2020? What's going to happen in 2021? Well, I've been reading some NBC Sports Edge blurbs, and I noticed that Anthony Miller is potentially on the trading block. And I also think that Allen Robinson, there's a chance he gets traded. He, I'm not sure how much he wants to play for the Bears this year. They can do a little franchise tag and trade. We've seen that happen before. 
Darnell Mooney seems to be very well liked by this coaching staff and the front office. And I went back and I watched, watched some tape of Darnell Mooney this morning, just because I didn't have a firm take on what, how good a player he was. I think he's a, he's a fine player. I think that there's a good chance that he'll be the number two target. Well, like well above Anthony Miller and the tight ends and the other guys. And Darnell Mooney got scheme touches a lot last year too. And obviously the, the plays we just keep going back to are like the ones where there'd just be like this post route. And then like Trubisky would just like throw it to the corner and it would just, they would never even seem to, to know what even routes they were throwing to. It was no. pretty, pretty bananas. Um, I think Andy Dalton's a definitely an upgrade over those guys as a passer. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Darnell Mooney kind of took a little bit of a leap here. Um, I think he's a good enough player to become like a wide receiver four or five um, during flex, like during bye weeks, you can throw him into your flex. I think that's probably the type of player he's going to be. Pat, did you hear that? Hayden is was, on. Hayden is on board with Dalton QB one season. I was going to say I, I was about. To, I have a "Where's your God now?" comment about <laughs> Andy Dalton for you, Denny, because Pro Football Focus did grade Andy Dalton with the fifth lowest QB rating on deep balls in 2020. Uh, so he's not. And he was he was bottom 15 in attempts too. So we don't know how aggressive. And that was with the Cowboys receivers. I was just going to say, is those Cowboys receivers kept dropping those passes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so basically, where is your God now, Denny? On Andy Dalton. I don't know, but Hayden likes Andy Dalton too. But, but Denny, the thing I saw yeah. in your comment, he was – is this true? Is this an actual stat? Darnell Mooney caught – not because of Darnell Mooney, because yeah. of his quarterbacks – caught only four of 23 attempts. Long Is that actually possible? That yeah. that was actually a yeah. thing that happened? that is a thing that happened in real life. He got four of 23 passes of over 20 yards. Uh, and 23 uh, downfield looks – you know, for a guy who really didn't gain a foothold in that offense until a little bit later in the season is a really, uh, you know, hopeful stat for how he might be used as far as uh, getting, you know, high value touches or high value targets in the Chicago offense. I I don't think that there's any doubt that he, you know, will will be the number two target in that offense this year. And who knows what's going to happen with Allen Robinson. I mean, he just seems so miserable to to be to be there <laughs> I, I i just feel like we haven't like like hayden was just saying i feel like we haven't heard the end of that that whole saga but ne- ne- never forget alan rob i had a tweet about trubisky like missing alan robinson on x amount of throws and alan robinson i didn't tag alan robinson never <laughs> going to be tagging players alan robinson must have been searching for this on twitter because he oh, just no. favorited my tweet about oh. just roasting alan or uh, mitchell trubisky and nick Foles last year so the man is very very upset i i can't blame him he's not yeah he's not happy uh but you know but mooney yeah i mean so so mooney had a lot of opportunity didn't convert only converted 54.69 nice percent of his uh you know air yards but um i i really i'm, I'm a little bit bullish on darnell mooney for this year I like Darnell Mooney. Like you said, the coaching staff clearly loves Darnell Mooney, which is very important, and especially if they're talking about trading Anthony Miller. I mean, that probably won't happen, I guess. Uh, yeah, the, Darnell Mooney definitely showed enough in adverse circumstances as a rookie where we need to be monitoring him and talking about him as a sophomore. And we'll say with Allen Robinson, by the way, he'll cheer up once summer begins in Chicago on July 18th, uh, when summer begins in Chicago. <laughs> so, uh, it's just a little Chicago, little Midwest joke for the folks out there final player everyone loves to talk about this player aj green he made everyone happy in 2020 uh denny well the air yard situation so a staggering amount of air yards unconverted for aj green in 2020 is this going to be any different with a much better deep ball passer we must say at least so far Mm -hmm. in 
Kyler Murray and then Joe Burrow. What's the deal, Denny? Well, yeah. So AJ Green converted 37% of his air yards last year, which was by far the lowest conversion rate among receivers, like way 20% lower than everybody else. It, it begs the question, why what, were the Bengals force feeding the ball to AJ Green for the first half of the season with Joe Burrow understanding no one, no one will let people, scholars will study this for, for generations and never come up with a good answer for this. Um, you know, the, the thing is he, he got those, those air yards for no reason at all. He's not going to get them in the, in the Cardinals offense, a, because, you know, Kyler Murray's, you know, not, not a dumb quarterback. And also uh, there are ma- many other better options uh, in that offense. You also have the fact that, um, only uh, Devontae Parker. No, I'm sorry. He was t- uh, Green was tied with Devontae Parker um, for the lowest uh, separation uh, yards yards of separation uh, between him and a defender last year with 1.7 yards, which I think raises some questions about Devontae Parker. But uh, that's another podcast, another topic for another podcast. Uh, so he had no ability to uh, create space uh, to make easy throws for his quarterback, and, and that showed. Do you remember the Christian Kirk role last year where they would just like stick him on the right side and just say, all right, go run a nine route. And that's maybe we'll throw it to you. Uh, that's the role that he's going to, he's going to be in. Cause Kirk's going to go probably play in the slot. I think Larry is probably going to retire. It seems like that's, what's going to happen. And AJ Green is going to be on the, on the right side and just running nine route after nine route after nine route. And the, the yards per separation stats, uh, that doesn't sound too good for AJ Green. Like what you were saying, Denny, he was 105th out of 105 qualifying receivers in my PPR points. Overexpected stat. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not too bullish on AJ yeah. Green. The only thing that you can possibly point to is that he hated Cincinnati so much, and that he'll just like <laughs> be trying harder in Arizona for like a quote unquote contender. Maybe that's true. I don't know. We haven't really seen that play out too many times. Um, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was trying to be on a contending roster this year, and we saw how that went too. So, I mean, AJ Green's free. He's he is free. His his ADP is like 183rd overall, so he is free. Um, you have to like really be betting on that he's actually going to be like trying harder, or whatever narrative you want to spin for him. Someone posted a a, a best ball draft uh, result on my timeline the other day, and I and I and I saw AJ Green going in the 25th round, and I thought to myself. That seems, I thought to myself, that seems right. I think I think twenty fifth round seems reasonable for AJ Green this year. I didn't know those things went twenty five rounds. Yeah, that's me a joke. I know about best ball, folks. <laughs> uh, this, we keep coming back to AJ Green. By the way, We're like when that's the good, like when that's like the good scenario. Oh, he just wasn't trying because he was yeah. bad. Uh, you know, that's you're in a pretty dire situation when that's like the good scenario for what was going on. And I want to be fair to AJ Green just real quick. He he might have been trying last year. I don't want to say that he wasn't trying. There's a chance he was just trying, and it's just like he took some time off. And it's just not the same. Well, you see what I'm saying? That's what, yeah. how bad it is. Where I know, like either he was trying, like it's just it's not a good situation. But so hey, you're saying he's basically going to run wind sprints, Hayden? Is all right? Uh, how I, I mean, it? Christian Kirk was running wind sprints, I and mean, he was playing on this outside receiver role as the number two. And I mean, I didn't want to play Christian Kirk ever last year. He had one game where he destroyed the Cowboys. Um, but then we quickly learned that that was no no miracle. That was just how things happened against the Cowboys last year. So I don't know. The role doesn't seem too great. Um, obviously, the the Cardinals play fast. Maybe AJ Green is just a different player. But yeah, you're betting on a lot of things. At least he's free. 
it sounds like it sounds like AJ Green, uh, according to Hayden here, is is going to be at least, or I'm sorry, at best, a second round pick in, uh, you know, points per sprint. For yes. yes, yes. It also sounds like Hayden is expecting AJ Green to like find his tweets and favorite them. So he's he's used <laughs> to receivers, so he sent out the the you know just hey, no offense to AJ Green, because he's kind of afraid of AJ Green. He will come get me. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he's, he, he will, will. He will Steve Smith me like uh, like Danny. <laughs> like maybe Hayden could serve as his motivation. Have we thought about that? Anybody? Um, that is going to do it for today. Sadly, that is also going to do it for one of us at NBC Sports Edge. Sadly, this is not a joke either. I'm not talking about Denny being fired. A very real thing was happening. Hayden, uh, take it away. Yeah, after like a long battle with HR of all these ageist comments against me i've had (laughs) no uh yeah something something's popped up for me um this was obviously an awesome place to work i've enjoyed every single second of this i wanted to just do some quick thank yous real quick um evan silva for getting me hired certainly obviously setting the standard as well um ed williams who basically just runs his whole operations giving me multiple chances at like multiple times uh throughout my career which is just getting started and obviously um, in debt to him. And then obviously, Rotopat, Josh Norris, Daigle, Menzio being mentors, Denny along for the ride as well, Kyle too. So, um, everyone I've worked with has been awesome. It's sad that this is coming to an end, um, but I'm not going to be a stranger. I'll still, still be on Twitter. Um, I obviously will be texting all of you guys. And uh, it's sad that this is coming to an end, but I've really enjoyed every single minute of this. And the platform's been awesome as well. The audience has been great. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everybody. Yeah. We'll, you we'll miss you, man. Yeah. Major, majorly, majorly bummed. Uh, just, uh, you know, we, we joked a lot cause, uh, we, uh, loved, we needed the youthful energy too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, I don't even know what to say cause it's just, uh, yeah, it's a crazy business. It's a crazy industry. I'm not, not at all surprised people are seeking out the work and talents of Hayden Winks and that's what happened. And we are really going to miss you. And, uh, yeah, glad that we got to have our podcast powwow today and say some uh, proper goodbyes. So yeah, it's it sucks, uh, but we will we're we're gonna stay in touch, Hayden. It does, and yeah, I will definitely like just doing this podcast has been like the highlights. Obviously, we did a couple live drafts. Obviously, the pandemic took that away from us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will we'll be in touch certainly with you guys, um, the rest of the team as well. And if you want to get a hold of me. Um, NBC Edge listeners and, and readers. I'm on Twitter at Hayden Winks. No, and act, li- unfollow him. Just <laughs> yeah, him. absolutely. We're we're following. Uh, and uh, I don't want to see any blurb critiques from you online. Hayden. Oh, I will no. be quote tweeting <laughs> all of you guys and making sure you guys hear it. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that does it for us today. Again, Hayden, um, love you. Gonna miss you. Love Catch you everyone too. later this week. See you later. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.